morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have the top crypto researcher on the planet, also known as the funniest Italian in crypto, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is joining us on this Tuesday morning. One of the lead innovators within the NFT space and the founder of the top NFT incubator in the world, CEO Selman G, also known as G Investing, is here to drop some gems. And we have our own Gematria and Lunar Expert and the proud husband of Shelly, also known as the original Crypto Goliath. Gonzo is saving us on this Tuesday morning here to drop some crypto gems. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing the SEC nearly doubles their staff to deal with crypto regulation, what this could mean for retail investors and the adoption of cryptocurrency on Wall Street. We have Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse making some powerful critiques regarding Gary Gensler, the SEC, and the future of the crypto markets. We show our listeners the technology adoption curve and how crypto is performing in comparison to the internet. And we have a huge update as professional rapper Ice Cube sells his basketball team using NFTs and Tesla says they believe in digital assets as an alternative to fiat currency. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So it's a beautiful Tuesday morning. I'm full of energy and it looks like you guys are too. We'll start off internationally. Selman, how you feeling on this Tuesday? You look amazing. Thank you so much. I feel amazing, uh, brother. It's it's uh, always awesome to be here. And um, yeah, can't wait for the news updates. Guys, it's amazing what Abs has prepared for today. Ah, this is amazing. Thank you we for having me. Of course, Selman. I'm excited to hear about the technical analysis. We got a ton of interesting stuff going on in the market. And also, we got some great articles for today. You are right. We have some super interesting stuff. We'll kick it right down to the bottom so we can finish off with Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, how are you feeling on this Tuesday? I'm happy to have you, and I love the new background. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. I'm uh, happy to be here. Uh, I missed you guys, so it, it's nice to, to see you guys. Uh, I think I'm having a couple technical difficulties, but we'll, we'll work it out. But uh, love you guys, and uh, yeah, just happy to be here. I love the energy today, Abs. As always, Gonzo, I know those Rothschilds didn't want you on stream, but they can't stop you. You're here regardless. We'll go to the Rothschild King next, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Somebody commented in chat, you're looking amazing in black this morning. So how you feeling? Good morning, everybody. How are you today? I, I guess I guess I got to stay in black. I don't know. I get yelled at for wearing white on Friday, so I guess I can't wear it by the audience. They're a rough crowd out there, but uh, no, doing well. Looking forward and excited to what we got in, the, in store for the uh, – with the fans today, so uh, let's hop right into it, boys. We'll start I told you, time. Johnny, that's why I wear black. <laughs> diamond hands. Go, go, show them the diamond hands gear. <coughs> diamond hand. Look Check at that, that out, it, baby. Diamond handed. Diamond handed 2025, baby. You got to love it. And we'll hop into this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto. We have a massive spaces going on this afternoon where me and Johnny Crypto, and I think the Node Defender maybe as well, hosting an event with the Bearable Bull live on Twitter. So please go tune, it, go tune in, smash that follow button. And of course, talk to us on that live stream. We love talking to you guys. We have the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index showing a moderate fear this morning. 
We are sitting in the 27 range. We're out of extreme fear. We're going to dive into this a little bit later as we get right into the total coin market cap. We are sitting at $1.72 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin sitting at 42% dominance. Ethereum at 19.7%. We got Bitcoin ranging in this $38,000 range here, sitting at 38300 Ethereum, 2800 XRP remaining above $0.60 cents at $0.61. Cents. We have Cardano at $0.79. Cents. Kronos, $0.29. Cents. A lot of dips in the market this morning. Cosmos at 18. Stellar still below 20 cents, all the way down to 17 cents here. And we have Hadera Hashgraph finally climbing back above 14 cents, looking like some bullish price action. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to go to you first. Is there anything you're watching in the market this morning? And have you been dealing with this bearish price action? Are you continuing to dollar cost average? As a matter of fact, uh, just, just yesterday, I bought some more uh, WTK some more um casper and some more uh nexo <clears throat> so uh, absolutely what i tell you when we're in fear i just replace that word with buy and i'm just slowly dollar cost averaging every week a little bit here a little bit there you know you buy a thousand coins here at six cents i mean 60 bucks i mean come on you just start packing it away little by little right now this is the time to be buying be putting those bags getting them full when you can and listen you don't go all in because it could for, could go further down you know, we're not we're we're kind of in a weird, weird area right now when you look at kind of what's happening. Um, but from the tops <coughs> in some events, we're about 80 percent down. So it's good opportunities just to keep going. Now, where are we going to go? How is this going to play out? I keep hearing that, you know, by 2023, we're going to we're going to get the start of the next run. I don't think, you know, everyone's saying we're not going to get an alt season. So just keep packing the bags, have no expectations, just intentions. And um, sooner or later, it's all going to pay off. I'm with you, Johnny, and we'll actually hop into one of the first things we have for today, which is a really, really cool update. Algorand has been announced as the official blockchain of FIFA.com. Gonzo, I'd love to go to you next. How do you feel about Algorand as a whole, and are you how are you approaching this bearish price action? Are you still optimistic in the market? Yeah, you know, like uh, Johnny always says, um, when we're in extreme fear or we're in fear, you know, that's when I start implementing my dollar cost average strategy. What I've been looking at is uh, HBAR, especially with the new uh, wallet hashback where you can stake in and get like 40 something percent. That's what I've been looking at it. But I know you guys usually talk about metaverse stuff on Fridays, but um, Gala also looks really good. Um, there's a project that I really like, Rainmaker Games. Uh, if you go to uh, rmg.io, you can check it out. I just like the partnerships with the games and the, and the platform that they're building. Um, so I've got some of that. Uh, I added some more cause I've been staking it on the Binance smart chain and earning a lot of rewards. Um, so yeah, I try to be non-emotional. Uh, you know, it seems like Bitcoin is, is just un indecisive. We know that as we go into the new moon, we usually get the microcycle microcycle top, right. But we had an eclipse. And so we've gotten some resolution. Now we see how that partial eclipse kind of affected the market and we didn't get that uh, price pump, but we also didn't get a huge pullback, right? It's been ranging at this 37, 38,000 level. So, uh, you know, I'm just still watching it uh, because it's affecting the alts. And then just like I said, implementing my dollar cost average strategy. That's awesome. uh, but as far as algo, uh, super bullish on algo, right? I know coach brought it to the community, uh, couple months ago right and he's been dollar cost averaging into it but that partnership um i know that uh in the u.s like soccer's popular but around the world it is the sport right and so that is such a huge partnership uh i don't think it could be understated um that that, that they're hooked up with fifa that's going to give them some worldwide uh publicity and, that, and that's really important so we might start getting some price appreciation because algo's been down for a while 
but those are the times that you want to start dollar cost averaging is when things are down, right? A hundred percent. And we always listen to influencers like Crypto Mason and what they're covering. And he's been covering Algorand all the time. He's been saying this is one of the best buying opportunities. And then we have this come out. It's going to be huge for the subconscious programming of the masses, getting them comfortable with not only crypto, but Algorand specifically. Someone, I know that you're going to hop into some technical analysis, but I do want to kick it to Johnny Crypto because we have an amazing tweet here from the Bearable Bull, which we will be hosting an event on Twitter at 3 p.m. today with the Bearable Bull. So please tune in for all of our listeners. He says, the only difference is your emotions. When Bitcoin was sitting at $38,000 in 2021, the fear and greed index was showing extreme greed. Now we're sitting at $38,000 in 2022, and we're sitting in extreme fear. So Johnny Crypto, what do you think this says about the market, and how do you react to something like this? You know, this is funny because this goes back to how how the emotions are played, how the market makers play with the emotions and where they are in the times today. And so now, obviously, same exact number, but <laughs> completely opposite sentiment, which tells you that you should be doing the opposite of, of what, what that fear and greed index tells you. Back then, you know, when we were at 80, after that 38 run, I think we pulled back a bit and then it, and then it took off. Now <coughs> we're at 22 and this is the time to be buying, as we've been saying all along. But it really tells you at the end of the day, you know, and coach says this all the time. And I've kind of been living by this now is, you know, don't don't have expectations, just have intentions. And if your intentions are to build your bags, build your bags at the time when the time is right. Um, you're as long as you're investing in real world solve technologies or cryptocurrencies that solve a real world problem like XRP, XLM, VeChain, Algo, right? There's so many of them, Quant, right? All of these that solve a problem, guys, so early, so early. None of this stuff even matters right now. Just get your bags back. Gonzo, we did have a really interesting comment that says, tell us more about the moon phases. Can you speak? And this is totally spontaneous. So if you can't, don't worry. But can you explain a little bit about what that eclipse means for the lunar cycle? Does that flip the new and full moon? And can you kind of go into that a little bit more? Well, yeah. So I think we talked about it before. So usually what happens is when we get a new moon or leading up to a new moon, it's all about the energy, right? So leading into a new moon, what happens is we get bullish energy. So four to five days before or after that new moon, we usually get bullish energy and we get a micro cycle top. And then as we head into the full moon, right, four or five days after that full moon, you get bearish energy and it's usually the micro cycle low. Now, I didn't discover this. Uh, shout out to Jordan from Waters Above. You know, I'm part of his community. This is where this all comes from. So got to give credit where credit is due. Um, and so uh, what he found is, is that when we have eclipses, usually we're getting uh, bearish price energy, right? So last time we had a double eclipse, which was December 4th, which is that huge correction that we had back in December, right? And so we had this partial eclipse that was coming up. We had to see how it was going to play out. And so I, I feel like we didn't get that microcycle top. So it kind of stayed bearish. Um, the big one that uh, we were in his community, what we're looking at is what's going to happen in May, because I think that's when we have the next double eclipse to see what happens with that. But we'll keep an eye on it. But that's how it works. That's really exciting. I'd love to kick it to Selman here. Selman, the floor is yours. I think everyone's interested to see where we're going from a technical analysis standpoint. Maybe you can give us some insight onto where Bitcoin is going. Is it on exchanges? Is it flowing off exchanges? The floor is yours. Thank you so much. I would actually add something first. Uh, what um, what Johnny uh, Crypto mentioned. Well, I mean, we don't really know which one's going to take off. There are so many, so many different cryptocurrencies, and we're just betting on technology. That's why, even if you believe in something, 
and it resonates with you, maybe at the end of the day, maybe it's not going to be the cryptocurrency, the next Google or Amazon. That's why it's important that we diversify, but over diversification is also toxic. That's why I focus on these gems that perfectly resonate with you. It has to resonate with you guys. And then don't forget that there is a huge risk with cryptocurrencies, right? But of course, betting on great technologies that resonate with you, uh, it's, a, it's a great deal. But of course, focus on your risk management. That's the first thing I'd like to mention. And now, of course, um, I shared this on Twitter this morning. Uh, well, guys, Activator Sentiment Indicator just broke above the um, falling trend. And maybe the question is, you know, usually what this means is the market is short-term undervalued. And with a retest, maybe we can see a nice um, heat again in the markets. That's one thing that I'm looking for. It could go a little lower. Yes, this is pretty uh, common uh, with falling trends. Sometimes, you know, you, you need a couple more retests before it pumps. But um, it looks good. However, I'm still, I still believe there is going to be one last liquidation. Everybody's talking about the um, the falling wedge on um, Bitcoin, and now it's going to pump. I believe that the majority will be wrong again. The long short ratio is still pretty high. I mean, it was at something around like three or something, right? It was at uh, 3.19. And now it's at 2.26, which is great, but still too high. The market is overconfident. We have still a lot of long positions open and 70% um, long positions. So we need to see a liquidation because usually when pre people are too confident, market makers or let's say the market um, likes to punish these people. So we could see that uh, liquidation coming. Extreme fear again. Everybody's giving up. But that could be the very bottom and we shoot up. And if you guys check out Bitcoin on the inverted chart, right, it's inverted. You see $4,800 on the top. You guys can actually see that we kind of have, yes, we kind of have this cup and handle formation here. I personally believe we, we are going to test the 36K level once again. And I'm hoping for a trend reversal where we hit um, at least a 42k and 45k level again. Um, I don't know if we're gonna go higher. We need to see. Uh, short term, it looks like that that we're gonna test the 36k level again. Uh, but if you check out some other charts, such as the um, you know HVAR chart on the inverted time frame on the weekly, it looks amazing. Check this one out. This is the inverted time frame. Some coins look like that beautifully, right? So check this out. We have a massive uh, falling trend. Hopefully, it's going to get rejected here with a trend reversal. Since this is a inverted time frame, uh, inverted chart, guys. We're talking about a dollar, two dollar, five dollars, right? It's inverted. So that would mean a bearish scenario here on this chart means a bullish scenario on a uh, on the normal chart. So I'm waiting for that rejection this week and hopefully after the FOMC meeting which takes place today and tomorrow and tomorrow they're going to announce how much they're going to raise interest rates and how like what's the um, state of economy etc all of that I think the market has priced the rumors and tomorrow we're going to see the news and slowly that pump should come I'm waiting for that because um, that's what happened in March before March the market aggressively punished um, all the market participants and in march we saw you know after the uh, the news came out uh the market was green and maybe we, we're gonna see that again so a rejection up here could be nice 
for XRP. Um, oh, gentlemen, if I could just ask you a question on HBAR real quick. One of the things yep. I noticed is that whenever we get a uh, bullish price action, there seems to be tons of volume on HBAR, which is very interesting. But we do have a project that Gonzo actually mentioned, which is Hedera Hashback, which can get you 49% APY on your HBAR. We are going to cover that tomorrow because the node defender is not here and he's going to deep dive that for you guys. But I did want to throw that comment out there. How do you feel about volume? And is that a key indicator of when we could be getting some bullish price action? 100%. And um, on Discord or on our Zoom calls, right? I always bring that up. Whenever I see volume is decreasing, my price is going up. That's like a very textbook example. I'm saying, guys, this is time to take profits. And right now, if we just go back to the normal scale, you'll see that volume is pretty much gone, right? People are uh, scared. There is not enough risk appetite in the markets. Um, but if we can finally see that, you know, push from that uh, trend here um, we, with some consolidation and a nice swing um, to the top um, with rising volume. It's all good. However, if I see higher highs, but um, volume is still low or it's even for uh, decreasing over time, then I would actually give out the signal guys. It's a ticking bomb. You should take some profits. Of course, this is meant for people that are short-term oriented or mid-term. But like some people, of course, majority of our warriors are here for the long term. And just like me, HBAR, I'm not taking any profits. HBAR is a coin where I'm just betting on the technology and it's just on my long-term portfolio. But then, of course, I got uh, coins that I just want to dump whenever I see a great exit. So that's important for this one. Hey, Selman, quick. Quick question there on that. So take something very interesting. When you look at that chart back in May of 2020, you see we went sideways with that long consolidation and very, very low volume. That's how that's how it's played, right? If you look at it, you see there when there's low volume and we're going sideways consolidation, right? They don't want to trigger you into thinking this thing's going high. They want to buy it. And then so kind of are we in that same boat? If you look at those volumes, they're almost kind of actually a little bit higher than May to September of last year. But do you think we're going to start another sideways consolidation here? So currently we are actually um, in a falling trend still. I mean, um, if we just, you know, we can draw. This is the weekly time frame, by the way. It's It has a uh, way stronger. Um, it can give out a way stronger signal. And we're still in a falling trend. However, if we can really go sideways and that consolidation, that sideways um, trading will actually give out give us the signal that, yep, there is accumulation going on, but I would I wouldn't just focus on H bar on this. If you check out the whole markets, um, especially let me show you Bitcoin to understand like what's happening to H bar because you know at the end of the day Bitcoin is determining uh, what's uh, what's going to happen next in the markets. So all I can tell you guys is back here all of us got fooled. I believe it's going to drop to twenty five, and a lot of people said twenty twenty k is incoming. There was so much fear, right? Extreme fear. But all of a sudden, we pump back up. Bitcoin didn't manage, or let's say it uh, didn't really break the 28,000 something uh, support. So it was still pretty good. So what does that mean? Um, they actually fooled you and fooled us all uh, by believing that, you know, it's going to go to 20K. The whole market was bearish. But for two months, the market was just trading sideways. And, if, you know, of course, we had a falling trend, but still uh, whales fooled us, manipulated and created these fought news so that you and I sold our backs. Of course, we didn't. Warriors don't sell at a dip. 
but like many people did, right? So what happened was um, they accumulated a lot. And right now, when you see the stock market pretty much down, like super bearish, people are talking about extreme fear and recession, war. But Bitcoin is still trading sideways, kind of reminds me of the summer vibe in 2021 and tells me that probably we should check out what the whales are doing. And if you go to the rich list, the top 100 um, Bitcoin rich list um, website, you can actually see. Some people are cashing out, yes, but we also got an inflow and, um, I mean, inflow uh, to their wallet address. So they're buying Bitcoins. And actually, if you check out the outflow on Discord, you can find it, right? Um, we're sharing it also sometimes on Twitter. Um, there is a massive outflow. For over 14,000 Bitcoins have been withdrawn uh, within a month. And that's the highest number um, since July, I guess, since last year. And um, it's a very high level. So you see there is a massive outflow. Supply shock is inevitable. And yeah, who is buying these Bitcoins? You see the number of wallets holding more than 10,000 is is actually accumulating there. And we got more and more wallets holding more than 10K. So more and more whales. So you see you and I are selling. So the retailers are selling while the big guys are buying, right? I'm and not that selling. Gives me a signal. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm not. Warriors are not selling. But I mean... You know, retailers, right? Um, retailers are selling, unfortunately. The, the um, weekends are selling right now, and that's an indicator. We're not really going down. It's like we're just trading sideways, but these FUD news really try us um, to sell our backs. Shake us Whale up. is buying. Some whales are buying. That's why, you know, it's interesting. I am still waiting for a pump. Short term, of course, I was waiting for a pump uh, in April. Didn't happen, but I'm still waiting for that pump. If it doesn't come, we got great strategies, right? Great strategies to dollar cost average in because we are in a bear market 100% and it's going to be even better if we lose um, on the monthly, if we lose the 20 EMA here. Right now we're trading below, but I'm waiting for that pump. If it doesn't come, technically in the past, we always drop to the 50 EMA, and that was the very bottom, basically. So I'm waiting so, for Selman, that. So, Selman, I have a quick question. A, a lot of times, retail investors are looking for opportunities like this. Do, is there ever a time when retail comes around and says, oh, look, Bitcoin's at this price. This is our bottom. Or do we always see, because you've been in this market for quite a while now, do we always see retail investors scratching and clawing for that additional 20% drop, that additional 50% drop? Because in my short time, I've been in this market for about two, two and a half years now. And it seems to me that whenever we're dipping, I remember last July, they were calling for a $20,000 Bitcoin. And right now we are at a $38,000 Bitcoin. And I see most of, of crypto Twitter, most of these crypto influencers calling for much, much more bearish price action. So does retail ever come together and say, hey, we found a local bottom or are we always scratching and clawing for that additional 20%? Yep. That's a very good question. The majority always uh, fails in this market. Of course, if you check out the past, you, you, you would say, hey, this is a perfect bottom. Like, let's just wait for 25K. But you don't know. Like, right now, you would you would actually wish for, uh, for this opportunity. Imagine you can go back in time in 2019 with your knowledge now. You would definitely buy the dip, right? You would even sell your house to get in. But now... Maybe this is a great opportunity, but people are still waiting for a massive crash. Who knows? Maybe that's not going to happen. Back here, people thought, 100% people thought, you know, um, it's going to go even lower. They were scared. So in extreme fear, 
you should know that strategically it makes sense to get in. You can check it out for yourself. Like it's it's free content everywhere. Check out the fear and greed index, the chart, and uh, and compare it with the bottom, the dips. Whenever there is massive extreme fear, everybody's super scared. That was the best time to accumulate. No matter what, close your eyes and and buy a portion. Don't go all in because maybe there is extreme fear right here, but it's still crash. It, it can still crash, right? So just leave a certain like a little bit of cash to buy the very dip you, you never know so it makes sense to have a strategy and when there's extreme fear don't ever think of what if just buy um but focus on your risk management my risk is different than yours a hundred percent Salman. i want to kick it to gonzo i know you had a quick comment yeah i was just gonna say you know i think we forget sometimes because you know we're part of the academy and because we're always together and talking about this how the normal retail investor thinks, right? Like we we know, we understand, we because we have the right mindset that when we're in extreme fear, those are the times to uh, dollar cost average in, right? I've said this before, and I learned this from Waters Above, is you know I'm looking for a crypto that's boring, that's bloody, right? That's when I see a good opportunity because of the ROI. But most people don't think that way. When they come into the market, um, you know, they have a tendency to either never jump in because they're waiting, like you said, for a $10,000 Bitcoin, that'll never happen, right? Or they're that other mindset where they're FOMOing in, right? And then we get a correction and then they sell to realize the loss and they get frustrated and then they say crypto's a scam and they leave, right? And that's why it's so important that um, you pay attention to what you're paying attention to, right? Coach talks about this all the time. And, and, and the influencers that you follow, and whether you resonate with them and making sure that you're getting, you know, good advice. Uh, but it all really starts with like kind of your mindset. And that's why we focus on that so much so that um, you don't, you know, FOMO in or you don't make, you know, bad decisions. I completely yeah. agree. I do want to stick here, Johnny. I'll go right to you next. I do want to stick here. If you're enjoying this content, show us some love, smash that like button. If you'd like to follow any of these guys, all social medias are linked below. And if you're looking for a deeper, more fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy, where you get access to every single member of our team, everyone on this chat. And also, of course, Coach JV, you get an in-depth look at his crypto portfolio as well. So there's so much value there. I would not bring it up if I didn't think it was the most valuable thing in the crypto market. It's the sense of community, the sense of leadership, having people with different perspectives, yet they're like-minded. There's nothing more valuable than that. But Gonzo, I do want to stick with you. We have this chart here from ARK Invest, which is Kathy Wood's investment firm, showing the exact correlation between the amount of profits that the investor takes and the amount of time that they've held their Bitcoin. So as we can see, every single person who bought their Bitcoin in 2011 and 2010 has over 100x their money. And we can see the exact correlation between when you buy and how much profit you make. So Gonzo, it goes back to exactly what you were saying, not being swayed by a certain narrative, staying in the market, regardless of the fear, buying blood in the streets, the floor is yours. Yeah, we say this all the time. It's not timing the market, it's time in the market, right? And so you can go back and do all the research and you can see that anyone that has been in the market for a significant amount of time has always won, right? I, I know it's real, you know, it, it looks like it's real simple to like, okay, you're going to uh, buy low and sell high, right? And it seems like it's an easy concept, but when we're talking about money and finance, um, emotions come in. And then when emotions come in, that's when you get wrecked. So, because if it was easy to do, everybody would do it and we'd all be rich, right? And so the most consistent strategy, and they've done like studies on this and research is 
if you're just patient and like, you know, your dollar cost average, even like, like you were saying, like the study shows, even if you bought the top of 2011, even if you bought the top of 2013, if you were patient and you just held on to it, you'd be in profit right now. So even when uh, maybe you don't know better and you FOMO in, right? If you hold on and you're just patient, eventually we're going to surpass that all-time high and we're going to go higher, right? So it all comes down to what you believe in, right? And if you believe that uh, this is the future and you believe in the assets that you're investing in, then you're going to have a tendency to be more patient and you're going to hold on to them because you understand that they're not going anywhere, that they're not going to zero and no one's going to be able to FOMO you out of your position, right? So yeah. yes, a hundred. That was amazing, Gonzo. I can't even add to that. Johnny Crypto, did you have any comments you wanted to add before we kick it to our articles? Just quickly, the only thing I would add to that at the end of the day, the, the mindset is you have to buy when it feels ugly and uncomfortable. And so it does play on your emotions. Trading is emotional, no matter how you, we try to bake it out as much as possible. But the reality is you need to buy and Warren Buffett says it all the time when it's unpopular, when it's ugly, when it's boring, as long as it's a real world sell. So you want to buy, train your brain to buy when it feels wrong to buy. Because if you can do that, you're going to be a billionaire. You want to buy when it's uncomfortable. Buy when there's blood in the streets. It's like we always say, Selman, I know we're going to cover some XRP content later in the episode. So I just want to prepare you. When we get into that XRP content, I'd love to get a technical analysis because I'm sure tons of our listeners are just waiting to know how they should be navigating the XRP price chart. But we're going to hop into our first article for today, which is we have the SEC nearly doubling their crypto staff in a crackdown on abuses in the booming market. We have the SEC double its staff responsible for protecting investors in the cryptocurrency market. After adding these 20 new members, they have a total of 50 dedicated positions specifically focused on regulating cryptocurrency. The SEC said that the additional 20 people they have hired will include investigative staff attorneys, trial lawyers, and fraud analysis. So we are finally seeing some adoption from the U.S. government, not only acknowledging that the stuff is here to stay, but acknowledging that it needs to be regulated. Gary Gensler said this is one of the keys to regulating one of Wall Street's newest and most popular industries, and they're currently regulating 6,000 new digital products. They've got a ton, of, ton on their plate. I'd love to start off with Johnny Crypto. Do you think this is positive news for the market? We always talk about regulation coming in and being positive for overall sentiment, allowing institutions, banks, hedge funds to comfortably get involved with cryptocurrency. Do you think this is a step in the right direction or is this just Gary Gensler trying to fill his pockets and take a bigger step in crypto? Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't think it's a step in the right direction, so it's going to sound counterintuitive and I'm not going to take credit for it. I'm just going to listen to the experts in the field in this particular case. You know, if you listen to guys who who know this stuff um like uh, uh what's the heck's his name over there um uh here he is hogan right so J jeremy hogan says here they hired 20 attorneys not a single one is one that knows how to draft clear regulations so what we're doing is we're just hiring people to go after and crack down and kind of do what they're doing to xrp right but that doesn't solve the problem you know sending going and doing that is the wrong approach what hogan's talking about is the right approach Go bring on some people that know how to draft clear regularity rules. That's what you want to see them hire. And apparently, Jeremy's saying of all the ones they hired, not a single one knows how to do that. So basically what this tells me is Gensler's not trying to create regularity in crypto, which is what he's supposed to be doing, or Congress should be him or Congress. Somebody should be doing Instead, he's just getting all the enforcers ready to go out and start cracking the whips on everybody, start beating people who aren't following rules, which aren't freaking clear. 
So it's just it's, this is just more, in my opinion, this is shambles. This is going to end up in a nightmare uh, based on if they're not going to draft clarity, regular regularity because that's what we need. That's what the industry needs. That's what the industry wants. And why the hell he's not going to get the right people in place? Only the elites know the plan that they have in place for us. But it's sad that we're not moving in the right direction. And I want to be clear here. The SEC has been given no jurisdiction from the federal government that they're responsible for regulating cryptocurrencies. They're taking that into their own hands. I'd love to go to Selman and then Gonzo for some closing comments here. We do have a Brad Garlinghouse video that we're going to play next where he directly criticizes not only Gary Gensler, not only the SEC, but all of crypto and the future of the entire industry. So some super interesting stuff on the way. But I do want to get some comments from Selman. As somebody who's international, you're not in the United States, how do you think the SEC regulating crypto, taking this stuff into their own hands is going to affect the entire market? I mean, I'm honest. You know, I don't live in the U.S., right? But it still pisses me off because um, it's innovation and they're just blocking innovation, right? They're just uh, putting stones on the way. And imagine if if that was somewhere in Africa, somewhere in Russia, it doesn't matter. If it's just, you know, hurting innovation or let's say just stops innovation for for a moment they can't of course stop it but like it's it's just hurting the markets and 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 a lot of investors and that's you know that pisses me off because here in germany it's amazing like europe europe is pretty uh crypto friendly and um imagine just recently uh germany just passed a new law and so if you hold your cryptocurrency for at least a year you don't pay any tax that that was always the case but like if you were staking, that was extended to 10 years and now they get, got rid of it. Now it's always going to be a year. Even if you stake it, your coins will be tax free after a year if you don't swap them, just huddle. So, Johnny, when are we moving to Germany? Uh, I was booking my plane ticket while while someone was typing. So you just let me know when someone one year. Huh? That's it. Shit. I already yeah. pay taxes. I mean, imagine tax free. Imagine you could make half a million. It's tax free. So it's amazing. Wow. But. But wow. the thing is, um, they come up with regulation first, and then I know that um, even the tax department here, they will, they are forming units to go after people that are not, you know, um, declaring their ta- taxes, etc. So you see, regulation comes first, and then all these me- members, right? They know what to do. But like in 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 the U.S., it looks like it's the opposite. And that really, um, yeah, it's it's a sad thing, especially for American citizens, but it also reflects on us, right? And we feel it here as well. Um, that kind of news update really creates FUD in the market. Um, yeah. And it's just ironic that Gary Gensler is supposed to be protecting people like us, yet we're the ones who are the most critical saying, what the hell is this guy doing? Taking this initiative into his own hands to not only pick and choose which projects he wants to be successful, but which projects he wants to rip down. We're going to start off with Gonzo after this video, Gonzo. I will not forget about you. We have an amazing Brad Garlinghouse clip, and I want to be sure to get your comments first. So we'll let this thing roll. When he criticizes Gary Gensler, he criticizes the SEC. I want to show our listeners. Here we go. A lot of it has been skirmishes around discovery and these kind of things, but it's clear that the judge understands that this is an important case. It's going to be set precedent. It now, uh, we're getting close to summary judgment filings. Everything will be before the judge now by the end of November. Uh, what that means in terms of how long the judge will take to review the case. So it could be this year. That's an optimistic view, but it's not impossible. What do you think? So I want to stop there and just get some comments from Gonzo. He says it could be this year, and Brad Garlinghouse follows up by saying, that's optimistic. 
it, it might be possible. That tells me he doesn't believe that's what's going to happen. So this thing looks like it's going to be extended all the way through 2022 into 2023. We're giving you guys no BS. Of course, we want this lawsuit to be over as quickly as possible, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Gonzo, I'd love to get some comments from you. Yeah, I mean, from his perspective, uh, as he runs, you know, the business of Ripple, like he just wants that clarity that he needs, right? Or that free pass for XRP, right? And if that comes in the form of a new Howie test or to help crypto, great. But ultimately, his, his responsibility is to Ripple, right? Because that's his company. And so he understands that if he gets that free pass, I mean, from the previous comments, like it's just sad because we have a new asset class, right? And the SEC, instead of recognizing that we have a new asset class and there is no clarity, there's a lot of confusion that they should first institute some type of regulation to give people rules to follow, right? And then, uh, you know, if they have to um, um, give people a grace period that came before, give them that grace period, set the rules, and then from that point forward, regulate, right? Because that's what they're supposed to do. Because are there bad actors in the space? Yes, there are. And that's who they should be focused on, right? But it's a new asset class and there's absolutely no clarity. And these guys are go out, they're regulating something where people don't even know what the rules are. So how do you know when you're doing something wrong? And then when they go to the SEC like Coinbase did and they ask for help or, hey, are we doing the right thing? They give them vague answers. And then so the assumption is like, okay, we're doing the right thing. And all of a sudden, a couple of years down the road, bam, now they want to sue you. So it's definitely the system is broken and we're paying for it, the retail investor. And ultimately, I'm afraid, this is my big fear, is that the U.S. is going to pay for it, right? Because ultimately, these companies, if we don't get that clarity, they're just going to go somewhere else, right? They're going to go to China. They're going to go to Singapore. They're going to go to Germany with, 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 um, with, with Selman. And so, but that's what's going to happen, right? Because they don't have to stay here, right? And if we don't get that clarity, I'm afraid that that's going to end up happening. And it's just sad because it just hurts the U.S. and then it hurts us as retail investors. And it's so counterintuitive that they're attacking United States-based companies. You'd think that they'd be attacking international companies operating in the United States, but instead they're going after their own environment, their own players on their team. I want to continue with this Brad Garlinghouse clip here, and then we'll get some comments from Johnny Crypto to start. This clip is only 12 seconds, but it does continue to talk about the SEC. I know this audio is pretty tough, but I'll let this thing roll. Here we go. We've never met him. Uh, <laughs> you know, he is certainly, I guess the simplest way I'd characterize this, I think when you look, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When you're Gary Gensler at the SEC, everything looks like a security, which doesn't really make sense. And <laughs> So I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was honestly perfect. Johnny, I have another clip I'm going to show after this from the exact same interview, but I do want to get comments on that little 12-second snippet I'm sure you've got a ton to say, so the floor is yours. <laughs> uh, you, you know, he, he's right. Okay? That's exactly what's happening. But, you know, when you look at all this stuff, when you put it all together, we're all saying, why, why, why? The reality is, if you if you can look through the veil that you're seeing in front of you, you can see that there's a plan. And these guys are executing a plan. And the plan is very simple. You can see it. It's, it's to delay, install, and stifle innovation in the U.S. on cryptocurrency and let the next superpower take the lead, and that's China. China's so far ahead of us, and they're pushing more and more innovation and technology there. That's where it's going. And so this is no surprise. This is what I would expect. They're going to continue to slow it down and let other world leaders take a lead. And once they're two, three years ahead, then we'll follow up because that's the plan. And how do I know it? Because just look at the tea leaves. It's all in front of you. It's written all over the walls. It's right in front of us. We are 
the world innovators in the U.S., we are. We typically lead. We are being held back by our leaders for, for their reasons that, you know, only they know. But you can see it. Why? I can't tell you why. But I can tell you. I mean, just look. It's happening. It's right in front of us, guys. It's sad. But at the end of the day, the good news is these technologies are still going to drive the future Web 3.0. And thankfully, right now in the U.S., we can still invest in them. So put your, you know, again, so that's the one thing you can do is just start keeping your bags, packing them, packing them full with those those uh, real world soft technologies. Johnny. 100%, Johnny. We have 168 listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics every single day. I know Selman has a comment, but we're going to continue yep. with this video. Selman, floor is yours. No, I just want to say every time I'm here or I'm just watching you guys, I love it when Johnny K says at the end of the day, literally we need to put that on the shirt. We actually like, have some exciting news, Selman. We're coming out with t-shirts that with Johnny Crypto's face on them that say at the end of the day, it's up to Johnny K. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be buying those t-shirts. I know I'll be rocking one on the show. Give us a thumbs up in the comments if you'd buy that shirt. Let's I'd see. buy that Let's shirt 100%. Anybody would buy that shirt. 100%, Johnny. And I do have another amazing clip from Brad Garlinghouse talking about the regulation of crypto and how it's going to play out. He's directly comparing how Ripple is going to play out when the SEC comes in and regulates all these shit coins out of the market. We'll dive into this clip here. It's about 25 seconds. You can get a bump up if you, if you win. You're kind of, I guess, you know, you're not going to be affected by the shakeout if there is one. Do you think there will be one? Well, if the overall market today that, you know, Munger and Buffett think isn't worth anything is worth $2 trillion. Yeah. And I think the likelihood that five, 10 years from now, it's worth a lot more than that is extremely high. But I think that the whole industry will have some that fail because some of them I can't figure out what the utility is. What's the use case? Dog coin. Doggy coin, Liz. <laughs> so that's the end of our Brad Garlinghouse clips for today. But I guess we'll start off with Selman because we haven't heard from you yet. How do you feel about Brad Garlinghouse talking about a lot of these coins that have no real utility getting regulated out of the market at some point? I love him so much. He's so cool. And the way he talks, I love it. And I can really, you know, uh, it's... It's obvious. I mean, we, we got so many L1, you know, so many blockchains. We got so many DeFi applications. I mean, most of them will probably coexist, but because, you know, the communities behind behind these projects are hyping it, right, and supporting the project. But at the end of the day, it's going to be um, the ones that are, like, super user-friendly, have the best partnerships, right, maybe a best, you know, capital um is best support by the community. So I feel like, you know, yep, there are many, but at the end, uh, you should filter out the ones that you um, that resonate with you and invest in them because he's absolutely right. We got too many blockchains. At some point, only a handful of blockchains will establish. The rest will be, you know, known, just like many social medias, right? We got Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, but we, we got more than I don't want to lie, like 200, 300 different social media or even thousand, but no one, no one knows about them. Maybe they're local in some countries, but like at least you know they are. They're going to be the major blockchains like Ethereum, XRP, Ledger, right? But then there's going to be some that are just famous right now. Look at Solana. Solana is backed by FTX. This is great, but what happened recently? It's it's like this is not the first time that this uh, kind of event happened. And that's why, you know, maybe time by time, this was a fourth time. Holy cow. Five. No, nah, seven. Seven. This is the seventh oh. time they have an outage. And it was for seven hours. Isn't that crazy? You see? Right? Like, 
seven I mean, it's even the seventh the, outage for seven hours. Yeah, imagine even the biggest supporters would slowly start to doubt their, uh, you know, their uh, the developers and, and the team, um, the the blockchain, and imagine slowly they would actually uh, focus on other blockchains like Cosmos, XRP, Ledger, Ethereum. So that's why you know. Um, I feel like, you know, it's just too early to say this is the future Amazon, but it's important that you have a great strategy. Uh, do a lot of research, guys. Don't believe a word we say. We're just here. Uh, just see us as a messenger. But at the end, you need to do your own um, research and find the gems that resonate with you. And um, at the end, you're going to have a great portfolio. You're spot on, Selman, and I do want to keep the ball rolling here. We have so much XRP content. We're going to plug it in with this tweet to break up the content a little bit. We have a very interesting adoption curve here, which is directly comparing the adoption of crypto to the adoption of the internet. And crypto is rapidly outpacing the adoption because we have an 80% average in yearly growth in our industry, and I think that's only going to increase. We're very, very early in this market. Nobody has in their 401k. Most third world countries don't have exposure. Most baby boomers don't even own cryptocurrency. Never mind, understand the real world utility of what it's providing. I'd love to start off with Gonzo and then kick it to Johnny Crypto. How do you guys feel about this adoption curve? And do you think we're going to see more and more of this utility going forward? Are we really only in 1997 compared to the internet or are we further beyond? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Raul Paul talks about this all the time, right? It's a network effect or a Metcalf's law. Um, and I, I think as human beings, he talks about this. It's hard for us to think exponentially. We're always thinking linearly, right? And um, so even though it's 1997, right, from compared to the internet, it's gonna ha it's happening faster, right? We, we can't visualize it, but it's already growing faster than the internet was adopted. Um, and I think it's gonna happen even faster, right? And each year, you could already see it. Think about where we were like last year, right? As far as like, where the narrative was with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, right? And then now, like you turn on the TV and it's almost like every commercial is about crypto.com or one of the other platforms, or there's a story about cryptocurrency. And just last year, at the beginning of the year, we didn't see that so much. But ever since like we had the Super Bowl and they had all the ads, it seems like, and that's just gonna keep happening. It's gonna become more and more mainstream. You're gonna pull more and more of the regular person into cryptocurrencies. We're going to see this more and more, and you're going to see that's why it grows exponentially. And I think we're just getting started. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. Well, first I want to say thank you, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely get you an autograph. One for every day of the week. This is priceless. But what I what I, what I I do want to share with everybody, just so they could get a little bit of a laugh that I, that I would get, is when we think of adoption, these two guys here, Buffer and Munger, are two guys that you don't want to be listening to when it comes to crypto adoption, right? They're like a pair of Muppets here. These guys are, are, are clowns when it comes to this because they don't have a clue of new world technology. These guys are old school, right? They're both in their like 90s. They should both be retired, but instead they decide to, to still play in this world that they don't understand anymore. They should not be giving advice on adoption. And the good news is you see that those adoption curves, that crypto is starting to take off. <laughs> they can't stop it. But those guys are just playing their role in the WWE movie that we're all watching, right? They get to be the bad guys and they have to bash crypto because they were told that that's what they decided they're going to do. But I think at the end of the day, this adoption curve just speaks to what's coming. And what's great is, guys, we are all in so early. That should make you all excited. You're in Yes, this is, to answer your question, it's like being back in 1997 again before the internet took off. 
And it's stories like this one we have right here that are creating the adoption that we're talking about, which is Tesla believes in crypto as a liquid alternative to cash and a potential asset for the long term. There's not too much meat in this article, but I did think the headline was very important. In one of its recent SEC filings, Tesla mentioned that it believes in the long term potential of crypto assets. So Tesla had announced in February of 2021 that the firm would purchase $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. And the only time they sold was during quarter three. They said, we believe in the long-term potential of digital assets, both as an investment and also as a liquid alternative to cash. We may increase or decrease our holdings of digital assets at any time based on the needs of our business and our view of the market and the environment conditions. I think regulation is going to create better environmental conditions, but I do want to go to Selman here. Selman, how do you feel about this topic? And then we'll kick it to Gonzo. Yep. I mean, they sold in Q3, um, but only 10% just to show their shareholders as well um, and investors that, um, you know, selling Bitcoin is pretty liquid. It's a liquid market and it's easy to sell. So it's not like a liquid market where you need to find a buyer, et cetera. So uh, that was just to prove people, hey, or and the investors, that Bitcoin is actually a great investment. But of course, um, you've shown the ARK Invest report, right? So Elon Musk knows exactly what he's doing. He's a very smart guy. And sometimes, yeah, you need to give him credits for that. And um, I believe it is, yes, it is super liquid. Look around you. Businesses slowly adapt stable coins and pretty much, you know, uh, cryptocurrency in general. Uh, and this is amazing. You can you don't need to cash out, you know, um, take profits. And then with the dollars you can buy, you can literally use your cryptocurrency. It's a very liquid market. However, you know what Brad Gowlinghouse uh, said uh, months ago. He said that the mark uh, when Russia started to um, invade Ukraine, um, he said that um, Russia can can't use um, cryptocurrencies not yet because uh, there is not a huge demand in the crypto market, not enough liquidity to cover its, you know, demand. So um, uh, basically, yep, the market is liquid, but not uh, not as much or to an extent that, you know, uh, governments and let's say countries could now come and adapt cr uh, cryptocurrencies. That will come slowly, but even XRP wouldn't be enough right now to do to cover that. We're talking about only... Um, let's say 30, 40 billions, maybe. I don't know uh, the tr transaction volume, but um, yeah, it is liquid. Yes, for retailers, absolutely. And for inv and for institutions, but not on a very high level that all of a sudden all institutions um, would have great liquidity in this market. But we're getting there. I completely agree. And I do want to keep the ball rolling here because we have so many amazing articles this morning. The first Ethereum article we're going to show you guys is a pretty, pretty exciting one. We have Ethereum price target Finders experts predict Ethereum price target reaching $5,700 this year and $23,000 by the year 2030. They also predicted that we would see an $11,000 Ethereum by the year 2025, which in my opinion is just around the corner, with 61% of participants saying now is the time to buy crypto and 32% also saying that they agree this is a great time to hodl. The company measures the predictions of the future price of Ether by weekly and quarterly surveys. This survey was conducted in April and it asked 36 industry experts on their thoughts of how Ethereum will perform over the next decades. And we just gave you guys the price targets. We're currently sitting at $2,800 today. So there's tons of bullish momentum yet to be discovered. I'm very excited about this bullish price action. And I know that Gonzo has a ton of knowledge on Ethereum, especially the merger that's going to take place from ETH1 to ETH2.0. Gonzo, 
What are some of your thoughts on these price predictions? And do you have a similar sentiment when it comes to this market? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I know that sometimes, you know, Ethereum can be a little bit polarizing, that whole discussion about is it really as decentralized as it claims to be. Um, you know, yesterday, um, um, uh, Board Ape was trying to throw it under the bus saying that, you know, it was Ethereum's fault. And, uh, you know, if you look, other people saying, no, it was actually a smart contract's fault of what happened with the gas fees. Uh, but I, I definitely see the potential in Ethereum to do what they're saying. They, they're actually, their prices are a little bit lower than they said earlier in the year. But I, I think the key point will be the merge, right? If they can pull off the merge. And for those of you that have been involved with Ethereum for a long time, you know, this is new and nothing new under the sun, right? That it's delay after delay on their different rollouts, right? But it, but it is technology, right? And technology takes time. And this is something that you can see from this article that is going to be pivotal for them. And so they can't mess this up. They're only going to get one shot at it. But not just that, but you think about the billions of dollars that are tied up in Ethereum on the different developments and all the exchange and everything. When they do this merge, it has to be done right, right? So that people don't lose money. So um, I, I think they're going to pull it off. Um, they've been working on this for years. Since Ethereum's inception, they were talking about going to proof of stake. Right. So they've been doing this for years and years, working towards this. So I think they're going to get it done. Right. Um, but I think it's going to be pivotal to these price actions that they're talking about. Um, it, once we get that merge, um, I think we're going to get some price appreciation. And we definitely could see an 11, you know, uh, 20,000 uh, Ethereum um, in the future. Right. And, and that's why, uh, like on our calls, we're always telling people, like, hey, it's always a good idea to dollar cost average into Ethereum when you get these pullbacks and it's at lower prices, right? Could it go a little bit lower? Yeah, depending on what Bitcoin does, um, it can. But, you know, as time goes on, it's going to mature as an asset, right? And just like Bitcoin lost some of its volatility, eventually Ethereum will. It's not there right now, but, you know, eventually we'll get there. It's a number two crypto uh, in total market pack for a reason. Um, and so, yeah, definitely. Hey, yeah, gone. Um Yep. Abs, I'm so sorry. Wanted to interrupt and also add institutions, banks are loaded. They're in they are building applications on top of DeFi. And these guys know Ethereum 2.0 will be eco-friendly. It's gonna be scalable, of course, and um way faster. And that's why I believe, and you guys know Ethereum had multiple stress tests, right? Because imagine we just saw it, witness it with eight uh, with board apes, their smart contract was maybe you know, uh, not advanced, not improved, but still we saw the, the main issue. But all these different um, blockchains like AVAX, uh, AVAX witnessed that too a little bit. Like a stress test is not really that they did their first one. Gas fees um, increased. Uh, Cosmos, XRP Ledger, those blockchains need to do that too. They need more and more people and more institutions need to adapt and we need more applications built on the XRP Ledger. Uh, until then, it's just going to be, of course, they're also going to uh, see increased gas fees. Uh, Cosmos, for example, sometimes, um, you know, uh, sometimes you do have these crashes on Cosmos as well, but very short term, not like Solana, uh, but that's pretty much it. And that's why I believe Ethereum is pretty much as well established. And um, yeah, Ethereum should be part of anyone's, um, everyone's portfolio, in my opinion. It is a well-established coin. It's like the silver and Bitcoin is gold. Uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, you can't understate. You can't understate 
that narrative about energy efficiency, how important that's going to be. You could already see it kind of popping up as they try to attack Bitcoin and like New York is trying to pass a law to kind of ban it because of that whole narrative. So you can't understate how important it is that when these guys do the merge and they go to proof of stake and they become 99.5% more energy efficient, that's going to be a huge narrative that's going to give it a lot of energy. Completely agree, Gonzo. And I do want to hop into our last article for today. I want to take this opportunity to say that I think that's why staking and earning are so important, right? Not only are you actually receiving Ethereum, XRP, whatever the currency that you're staking, but you're going to experience that price action. So if you're making, let's say $100 a month, you're actually making $1,000 a month. That currency can do a 10x over the next four, five, 10 years. And that's what I think is so exciting. The camera views are getting a little crazy here, but we'll hop into our next article for today, which is Ice Cube's Big Three Professional Basketball League sells its team to a DAO using 25 NFTs. Ice Cube is a rapper. I'm sure many of you know him, especially if you were around in the 90s. The Big Three has decided to sell 25 fire tier NFTs for $25,000 per unit, and all $625,000 worth of NFTs were purchased by a DAO which this DAO is, is it's doing some very unique things. This DAO buys a high ticket item such as properties, franchises, NFT collections, and IP addresses. We do have an NFT expert, someone I know we only have about a minute left. Can you summarize in about 60 seconds what you think this means for the overall NFT market, seeing the real world utility being implemented? They actually sold a basketball team using NFTs. This is huge. This is a huge event. I know we got only one minute left guys. Um, Expect more to come. I can only tell you that um, all the sports activities, everything will be tokenized. You already see that, right? VR is coming. All of that combined, decentral, these DAOs, for example, will become part of our lives. Businesses need to adapt that as soon as possible. Uh, otherwise, they're going to be left behind. So um, this is great news. And I can only tell you, do research on that because you guys already know my opinion. I'm a huge fan of NFTs because I see more value in NFTs than I do in cryptocurrencies because you can add value on top of value and value, right? You can increase the much as much as you want. You're creating a tribe. And this is basically a great technology. And um, yeah, massive hype is coming long term, of course. Thank you, Selman. That was great. I want to say thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Selman. You always provide amazing content. And I have so much fun doing this show. We are going to be hosting a Twitter Spaces with the Bearable Bull this afternoon at 3 p.m. Please log on to Twitter. Smash that Twitter Spaces. And you can find me and Johnny on there. I think Gonzo will be on there as well. I'm, I, I'm not totally sure. But our whole group, we're going to be discussing crypto topics, NFTs, XRPL, tons of valuable information. I'm really, really looking forward to it. We'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors! Rise! Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. Johnny's, <laughs> let's go. And don't forget, tomorrow. The elite, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Tomorrow, XRP, XRP Jenna. Jenna. Yep. XRP Jenna is on the program tomorrow. XRP Jenna, looking forward to it. Let's go.